So welcome one and all to episode 59 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is November the 15th, 2020. I'm Graham Cookson, the production editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week we have Scotty in the Sky with Diamonds, the managing editor for Megavisions, and don't call it a comeback, he's been here for years, rocking his peers and putting suckers in fear. It's... Chris Powell, the editor-in-chief of Megavisions. Woohoo! As always, we've got a fun show for you. We'll be answering some of your burning questions. But instead of our usual picks of the week, we're going to be tackling not one, not three, but two discussion points. One around Sega leaving the arcade business in Japan. And since the next generation of consoles is here, we'll be discussing the console launches. Um, and, well, actually, console launch nightmares, to be precise. So strap in and join us for the ride as we power down from one console era and level up to the next generation in this week's Megavision Show. But before we get to the good stuff, let's take a moment to cry into our bank statements and discuss our week. So Chris, let's start with you. How have you been and how many PlayStation 5s did you buy this week? So I did get a new system this week. Uh, but I didn't spend any money on it. I got it for what? free. I got what? It for free. It's not a PlayStation 5, though. And it's not an Xbox Series X or <laughs> an Xbox Series S. Okay. It is a Google Stadia. Oh, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Google has this thing going on right now. I guess if you've been some sort of like a Google Plus subscriber or YouTube Red subscriber or whatever they YouTube Premium or whatever, if you've been a subscriber for a certain amount of time, there's a deal going right now where you can get a Google Stadia for free as long as you sign up for I think three months of uh, like free Google Stadia Premium or whatever it's called. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. It doesn't cost me any money. And they sent me Google Stadia. And so I have it right here. I've been playing a little bit with it uh, this week. And you know what? I'm actually pretty impressed with uh, what I've played so far, believe it or not. Okay, what have you played? Like, What games have you played? You so um, the, it, it's, it's really weird because it doesn't have a traditional like interface like a, a, a system does where you select... The uh, you know like the you know the games and you know there's like a store. There, the your mobile phone like you there's an app and your phone basically does most of like the purchasing and and a lot of other stuff in the thing. Um, and you'll see like when you purchase a game uh, on your phone, it'll automatically pop up um, as it syncs right. uh, on your uh, you know, on your TV and everything. So I have I'm like a a Stadia premium member, I guess right now. So it's essentially like, um, uh, what's, uh, what's Microsoft's game pass game pass. Thank you. It's sort of like game pass where you pay like a monthly fee essentially, and you can rent or, you know, download any game that's available. Um, and so I didn't, I kind of forgot, but they have the new, um, uh, God, what is it? Uh, the new uh, dragon game that just came out—the Sega Dragon. The name just completely escaped. Yakuza like a dragon? 
Or... No, you're flying a dragon. Oh, Panzer Dragoon. Yes, they have the new <laughs> Panzer Dragoon remake on oh. it. Oh, completely. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, did you guys know that that Panzer no, Dragoon remake was I on Google so... Stadia? I, so, I didn't realize I this Google so Stadia was still a thing. <laughs> Sorry, it's a thing. Yeah. It's, it works. And dude, I'll tell you what. The controller, um, it's obviously it's you know pretty much copied from you know an Xbox One controller, but it's actually really comfortable. How's that um, D-pad? That looks weird. Yeah, the D-pad is is kind of wonky, but the triggers are are really good. Um, you're right, Graham. It's like more of a DualShock um, with the analog sticks, but it's it's pretty good so far. I did buy Assassin's Creed Valhalla on it, and it has been playing really good. Uh, there's not a lot of stuttering. Um, it, it seems like there has been some frame skipping um, a little bit, but at that time, I have a lot of people you know, in my house like playing or streaming or doing whatever. And so I don't know how much of that could be just that, like so many people are taking up bandwidth. Um, or it may be even an issue on like the game's end, potentially, like, you know, having some frame skipping or something like that. Um, or it just could be on Google Stadia's end. And, you know, there, there's, you know, how, how curiously, how, how much was Assassin's Creed on there then? If you paid for that? Um, I think it was like $59. I think it's $60. Like the so same. Is that the same as Xbox or PlayStation, basically? I think so. I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to buy a game on it um, and actually go through the whole process. And I, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I, it's, it's been on my radar for a while, so I wanted to pick it up anyway. But I figured, hey, I have this new system. I want to give it a shot. Um, obviously, I'm not going... It'll never be like my main you know, way to play games. I have a, a, a gaming PC. I can do that. I just want to try it out and just and give it a shot. And especially... Because Graham, you and I have a long history of like streaming, yeah. uh, you know, game uh, systems and stuff with on live, and so I just wanted to play it that way. I could kind of compare it to on live, that sort of thing. Is it as good as on live? Because I thought on live's general service and setup was amazing. It's just kind of slightly too early, especially in the UK. Our broadband wasn't powerful enough, really. Uh, I I don't think the interface um, and some the features is nearly as robust as what on live was mm. because man, with on live, you could like um, you could be spectating um, someone and they could give you a control over the game, uh, which is a new feature that I think with the PlayStation four just recently started doing with that. Oh, thing that's now. not recent. That was years ago. Year, well, years ago it debuted probably only recently did it work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. But I like, was doing this like in 2013 or 2014. Like they yeah. were doing it a long time ago, way before anyone else was. This was Who technology cool that, that like was groundbreaking. Um, yeah. It may have been, you know, 2012 or whatever, wh yeah. whatever it was. But it was like, than... it was around Every... that time frame. Um, but. And you could record, you had a button to record what you've just done as well. Like, you know how like an yeah. Xbox or PlayStation. Like on Xbox, you tap home and then say record what just happened. You had that button on the controller to be able to do that, and it was awesome. You could just record and upload what you just did. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, great, but... I'm not sure how I feel about having to use the app uh, to do like so much stuff. It just seems like it would just be way easier just to have everything like in the app on your TV screen, like where you're streaming it to, versus 
you know, having to use your controller to, you know, control some stuff on screen, but then also having to do others on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, It just doesn't seem like it's like the most, um, I guess, efficient way to do it, at least in my opinion. But um, I've only played it a little bit so far, um, probably about an hour, um, just overall kind of messing with the system. So hopefully next time I come on, I'll be able to give like a much more in-depth review of the Stadia. Excellent. Well, yeah, I hope you have an update next time. Is there anything else that you've been up to this week at all? or um, Oh, uh, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but my Neo Geo MVS just stopped working randomly. Um, I after you about it in the Discord, but nothing more than that. <laughs> right. So there was, a, there was a storm that came through a few months back, and we lost power. Uh, and a few days later, I went to go to play the MVS, and come to find out it wouldn't turn on. And so I suspect that there was some sort of power surge that may have happened, but it was plugged into a surge protector and all the other electronics that it was plugged into were fine. Um, so I was, I was thinking it like, I don't know, maybe the power supply had an issue or something. I found a place about an hour north uh, from me that uh, uh, repairs arcade. So I took it there and they've had it for about a week. I, they just called me back today and apparently there's something the 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 power supply and the power cord were really old anyway. I think there may have been original to the unit, and so I think it just went out. Uh, so they repaired all that. Uh, but then what I also did is uh, it has these like those metal. Have you seen those metal feet that go on the bottom of like uh, arcades and like old tables? They have those mm. kind of like swivel, you know, metal swivel feet. It has those on there. But the problem is, is that where my arcade is situated in my house, it's like on a tile floor. So anytime you move, it scratches it like really bad. And so I don't <laughs> want it to damage the flooring any more than it has. And so I asked them if they could put on some like caster wheels uh, okay. on the bottom of it. Some like, you know, strong rubber wheels. So they were able to do that for me, too. And so the repairs ended up being around three hundred dollars uh, in total, which isn't that bad. I'm you know, like it's. I I would never probably have been able to fix it myself. And, you know, so I'm I'm just happy that it's getting repaired. And then later this week, I'll be able to go pick it up and finally play it again. We nice, nice, cool. Well, Scotty, what uh, what's your week being like? Any any Xboxes or Playstations um, added to your house? Well, I was going to say first in response to what Chris was talking about. A, I thought he was going to mention a Polymega, so I got really excited, but that's not at all what you <laughs> oh, said. Oh, man, that's a whole other thing, right? Yeah, it is. And also, I guess that's how they're going to get those stadias into homes, <laughs> is give them away. <laughs> um, yep. I but mean, I it's essentially also... what the, the, the Dreamcast and Sega did towards the end of the Dreamcast Almost, life. Yeah. They started giving away with two-year subscriptions of SegaNet. And I should have hit that up again. Um I can imagine it's pretty jarring not having a crossbar or overlay or dashboard, though. Uh, I think there were rumors of Sony doing that with their TVs and PlayStation Now at one point. I don't know if it went anywhere beyond that. But I just remember. But I, I, yeah, I would imagine that'd be very strange, though. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's it, it, it's just different, you know, maybe once I get used to it. So we'll yep. see. Yeah. Um, as far as I go, though, uh, we took a break last week and part of that uh, weekend was the Sonic Shuffle Marathon. So first, thanks to everyone who showed up for that, who chatted away. 
Um, the uh, it was me, Corey, Kusanagi, and Antichrist playing that game. Uh, we played four rounds of that that adventure. Um, I uh, let me get my notes in front of me because I'm going to lose my train of thought as I see you guys' reactions to this. Um, I'm well. Okay, actually, before I get into that, I want to say we did defeat our $1,500 goal, defeated the goal, we met our goal, yes. whatever. So combined with the nice. fundraiser that I was doing on my Facebook thing, which was weird and whatever, that still goes to the same hospital my extra life is going towards, which now I understand more why they have teams and you can only save your individual account because like Graham's are going to go towards a UK hospital, Corey's are going to go towards yeah. an Arkansas hospital, um, Brett's are going to go towards a West Virginia hospital, mine goes towards Pittsburgh. So, but that in mind, I also beat $500 for my own uh, goal. So I'm going to get a silver medal. So that'll be like the Mega Vision's silver medal, which is pretty cool. Ooh, that's um, awesome. I was hope, yeah, I, and that's why I was bummed out about the teams not being um, overlapping from year to year because we could have definitely had like a gold medal by now. But that, that's if you get $1,000. But hey, silver is cool. That's still cool to have like next to the Mega Visions thing and, and everything. But um, dude, congrats on that, man! Um, thanks. You nice. lead the effort on Extra Life for Mega Visions uh, like every year, and I just I don't think people know the amount of work that you put in to that. <laughs> just the, the prep yeah. and everything else. Um, it's it you know like I, I can't say enough. Like great job, uh, and to see that you guys have have raised so much money this year throughout you know the streaming and everything else you've done. It's been awesome. So, dude, thank you. Keep kicking yeah. butt, man. That's so really great. You should be proud. I appreciate that. It's a weird. It's still a weird thing to be proud of because it is the laziest way to make a difference <laughs> in someone's life. <laughs> but we are. Um, uh, I will welcome a physical attendee marathon next year because holy crap! Oh, Even with the God. Sonic Shuffle thing, we had some audio difficulties. I realized after reviewing which that's on our youtube now i wanted to upload that because a lot of people there's not that many sonic shuffle playthroughs on the internet <laughs> so it's gonna be like yeah it's gonna be like the long plays account game grumps and us basically up there now, I, so. I wanted to ask you about that the scotty because going into it we did have those discussions of like you had no idea how long this might take right. Um, I yeah. know you really didn't like the game going into it. Like most people generally hate the game. Um, I'm one of those that kind of like it. Um, but what did you think? Like overall, what was like after it was all said and done? Like, what do you think about it, the whole experience? It's um, the way we do it in the marathon. If if no one's ever seen that or, or heard of it, is we have our goal of six hundred and sixty six dollars in the Dreamcast marathon to. Uh, stop everything or you know within reasons to suddenly play sonic shuffle we play like an hour's worth or at least one gem's worth that does not show how bizarre this game really is because <laughs> how i went into the sonic shuffle marathon was i wanted us to have all the characters especially because it'd be funny to have big uh big the cat plane and whatever um but to do that I thought, oh crap, how do I unlock anything? I don't have like a game shark that I can do this with. And the way we were playing Dreamcast online. So I was like, I'll try to, the way you unlock it is you beat the story. You unlock the characters by collecting rings and using them as currency. So I'm like, I'll try to do that. I went through one board playthrough, which is four precious stones. I did not win because the AI cheats so bad, oh, even God. when it's on easy. <laughs> and so it was just like, I unlocked some pictures and stuff, but then I was like, I got to find a way. So I literally, I probably went to more trouble than anything involved in this marathon just to find a 
online VMU save completed file of Sonic Shuffle that I could then download <laughs> and put onto this thing that we are playing the Dreamcast online through. Um, because it's just, it's, okay. And the thing with this, all right, so we were not using an actual Dreamcast console. I won't say much more than that. But when you do, as you guys might recall, you see on the VMU, you see your hand of cards that you use to, like, mm-hmm. I draw a six, I move six spaces. So the thing that we are using to play the game on, it thinks that we have VMUs because there are save files that you can use, but we don't have VMUs. And you cannot turn off, like, let us see our cards on the screen in front of us. They just assume, oh, you have a memory card in your controller. You can see it, which is cool in one regard. But if you could turn it off, it'd be great. But also, if you think about it, Sega also made first-party VMUs without screens on them. So they were even yeah. kind of screwing themselves over because they were like those multi, uh, like four times the size or whatever. Um, so that in mind, what we did was all of us were blindly drawing cards to play, which the only reason it sucked was when you get to the Precious Stone, if like it's three spots away and I draw a five, I can't stop at the Precious Stone. I have to move five spots uh, in a direction. So... It was just garbage like that, but it was okay. It was kind of fun. And I'll be honest, this game does not really, it's over ambitious. I think I kind of enjoy Sonic Shuffle a little bit. I don't hate it as much as I did because it's trying to do so much, but it does not show it to you well, especially for something that's targeted at kids. Like these mini games make no sense. And then when you're all said and done, the computer's also kicking your butt. So it's not like you can even feel remotely accomplished. Um, But I understand Nick Flair was in our chat. Nick, again, uh, I said as soon as we started the marathon, I was like, oh, Nick's in the chat. I'd like to thank him because it's his fault that I even know this game exists as a multiplayer experience. Like I've owned the game, but he like pushed for us to play it during (laughs) other marathons. So we did. And here we are now doing this whole thing dedicated to it. And he was like telling us and whatever and making fun of us. And like 80% of the mini games after it was done, we'd be like, what the hell just happened? And Nick would <laughs> pop into the chat and he'd be like, man, it's almost as if they just told you how to play the game right before you tried to play it, but you ignored those <laughs> instructions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. So, if, Speaking yeah, from someone who's played the game, those instructions make no sense. And they're up for like 10 seconds or something. You're like, nope. wait, what did I just read? What's going on? Like, <laughs> no, it's bad. But like they're... The thing is, too, you have to play through a board to see the different ways that the actual game board evolves. Like, pieces disappear, stuff falls apart. You have to fix something to repair a part of the board that would get you to the precious stone quicker. So there's surprisingly depth into this. But I think, I I feel like part of Sega is like, there's no way this is going to do well. Let's throw as much into this game as we can. Because if it did have an actual series, I could have seen it doing well, like maybe like Mario Party and stuff. Yeah, Um, uh that's one of the games I'd like to see Sega try again, but just, you know, don't rush it. Maybe you don't have to have all the features. Just make sure it play is playable. It makes sense. But oh yeah. Well. yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's, um, and, and I told Nick, even at, like I messaged him like the day after I'm like, I honestly see why you enjoy this game now. Cause like with other people, it's fun, but to play against, and that's the thing too, is you can't like set up how many, if, if just the three of us were playing, we have to have one more player. So it would have to be a computer player. So they just right out the gate are going to win. They're going to win. It just, it sucks. <laughs> so it's like right. not fun. If they just remove that and you could have just like three players or something, it probably would have been a lot better of a game. Um, so I yeah, wonder that's, if you could just plug in a fourth controller and just let that person just not do anything. 
I thought about doing that. I thought about like plugging in a controller and taking because what happened after our second or, or no, like Corey had to take a work call or something. So mm-hmm. what is cool is you could pause it and switch out and like make him a computer player. So the game was obviously thinking like, okay, some kids are not going to want to even sit through a round of this. So let's give them the ability to like, you know, so we did that. And that's when we realized like we have three humans fighting against one computer on the easiest difficulty. And we're still getting our butts handed to us. And it's like, this is not, it's not that it's like unfair. It's just that it's like not fun because we don't feel like we have a chance, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I didn't mean to talk that much about it, but it was it was a good time, and, and thank you everyone okay. for uh, for hanging out with that. Um, uh, but otherwise, though, I am currently playing Poyo Poyo Tetris Two, which mm. I can say very little about. Uh, I, well, the preview embargo will be up by the time this goes out, but there's really not much more to say that I wouldn't say in the review. So all I'm going to say is, holy cow, there are a lot more modes. And they added a lot to the play style, um, okay. which will be inviting to veterans. And I, I think w- might be a little overwhelming to new people. But the coolest thing, it's the little things. But like as soon as you load up the game on the title screen, you can choose to play either just Poyo or just Tetris. And it'll just throw you into a freestyle round of Tetris or Poyo Poyo, oh, okay. which is really neat. Because like of all I, I played, I, I reviewed the first game for another site um, for my Sega Addicts days. And that was honestly a big complaint is there wasn't somewhere that I could go to just play Tetris or just play Poyo. Um, But if anyone's familiar with the story from the first game, it's not much different this time around, but Oh oh my gosh, this needs to just be like a Saturday morning cartoon or something. The voice acting is really good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. But it's weird. I'll have more to say about that. Yeah. I'll have more to say about that in the near future. Um, It's not out till December. So it's, it's kind of weird that they got preview stuff out this early, but all the better because that the the first game the campaign was like so long that I was struggling to get through it. But um, we'll see how this one shapes up. Um, all that in mind, I'll go through my pickups real quick. Uh, I actually got a magazine retro format. Uh, it's got Xeno Crisis on the cover. For those that can't um, see this that are just listening, it's a UK based magazine. Um, oh, they wow. have uh, so they do some old. We're talking retro oh, there's wow, the Amiga Amiga. right there yeah there's Ooh. like um let me see if i can switch to something else real quick like there's uh like zx spectrum games they oh, the way. And stuff. yes there's uh, i'm a there's, massive spectrum fan i grew up with this yeah spectrum. there is some so good. old there's some old stuff in this uh and there's oh, like I newer stuff too um so yeah the first cover had xeno crisis on it so i really wanted to grab it yeah, this oh, is issue number out. one. There is an issue zero. Oh, wow. um, I yeah, I haven't had a chance to sit down with it, unfortunately. And I swear that this just kind of happened this way. But I also picked up the PS Vita Unlimited Edition of Xeno Crisis. Ooh. <laughs> um, this was very limited on Play Asia. It actually has a fun little. I guess Play Asia is doing their numbered stuff now, like Limited Rough has Limited Run has been doing. Um, but it came with uh, the Vita version and the soundtrack, this fun little numbered card, which if uh, you can see that if I hold it a certain way, you can see that mm-hmm. the number, the, the um, lettering is actually raised up, which is pretty cool. Um, soundtrack is awesome. And the game wow. itself has different cover art and also nice. comes with an instruction booklet. Uh, so I that is so adorable. Yeah, I might actually do a comparison video because I just ordered the Genesis version of Xeno Crisis because I have a problem. Um, <laughs> but I, 
the reason I say that is I have the Dreamcast version and the soundtrack I already got on CD, but it's completely different artwork from this collection uh, for the soundtrack. So I found that really interesting. TJ found that was pretty interesting. Um, so I might do a comparison unboxing or just a comparison of the collector's editions because no one's done that. They've only done Ooh. like, this is what it looks like on Xbox One. This is what it looks like on Steam. This is what it looks like on Genesis, like gameplay wise. So um might do that. I don't know, but that might be cool. And then lastly, I do want to mention this. I got the uh, the musician Remute. Uh, he released an album on Genesis Cartridge. Uh, it is I called Technoptimist. Technooptimist. Um, uh, I, I saw you. It was an Instagram post or Facebook post you put up about that, I think. And I yep. was like, yep, yep. What? I was like, I genuinely was like, huh? Because we were talking about weird formats for audio the other week, weren't we? I yeah, think so, so with mini discs with, uh, with Antichrist, um, I think it was, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Remute wow. has released stuff on VHS, on floppy disk, on SNES cartridge, on vinyl, of course, but also on um, DS Lite cartridges, uh, mini discs. I already mentioned floppy disks. This is, he actually did two runs of this, but um, yeah, it's really cool. He does really neat stuff, so it is a... This is just a sound, or not a soundtrack. This is just music. Like, it's not a game. You plug it into your Genesis yeah. to listen to it. So That's crazy. Um, yeah. Wow. Then you can have some sort of, oh, my God, can you plug it into the Nomad and carry it around like a Walkman? Yeah, yeah. probably. That's just how yes. they intended it. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, that's me, though. Nice. Did a lot of stuff. Okay. Got a lot of stuff, I guess. So, not much has really happened this week. It's, I have got a pickup, which is Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm actually going to mention it a little bit later on. Um, uh, other than that, I wanted to mention last week I spoke about getting Resident Evil 2 and I've been playing it a little bit. And I've been cracking on Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh, what is Scotty laughing at? What's up? Uh, the first line in your notes here. I'm just, I'm, I try not to, I want to have a genuine reaction to what you guys do and say throughout the week or what you've done. So I try not to read ahead your notes. I just read the first line of yours right now as you're starting to tell us about it. So that's why I was laughing, Graham. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I will read what I've written in my notes. So, been cracking on Resident Evil 2 Remake. The tyrant has entered the game and I'm no longer enjoying it because of him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mission I, accomplished. I, I don't know if that's a spoiler for Resident Evil 2. It's been out for a while, but in Resident Evil 2 Remake, they had the tyrant in it as a bad guy because I don't remember him in the original version at all uh he yeah it it was um he's called mr x i think and it is something the the thing the what okay short version because i could i could we could have a podcast on resident evil 2 honestly me and kusanagi could just just talk about it for hours but like short version is he's in the original game uh version of that game but he he's prevent he doesn't follow you from room to room uh, yeah like he does in this so so yeah so you're safer in that game i should say yeah so I kind of remember him vaguely being in the original game. I played it back when it first came out. I can't remember it that well. But yeah, so in Resident Evil 2 Remake, you come across this guy who's in a hat and a trench coat, and he's, he's a tyrant, or people call him Mr. X. And you can shoot him a few times, and he will stop and sort of fall down. And, but he'll pause for a bit, but then he'll get up, and he effectively follows you pretty much through every room in the game. But there are a few rooms you're safe in. I had to Google it, basically. Yeah. I was like, am I safe in this room right now? Because I was <laughs> genuinely scared awesome. at one point. Because... All you hear is a clomping sound, and he's if you're in a tight area, he's really hard to run past because he just pound you and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm not enjoying it as much now because of him. Because that's too bad. 
I feel like there are certain games, if I'm expecting that to happen, I will know what to do. Like, I'll think, okay, I know I'm getting chased by something. It's going to follow me around. I need to do this stuff. In Resident Evil games, though, I liked, it's almost methodical. Like, you've got to think, oh, I need to take this item over here to do this, to get this, and come back this way and work out your safest route through the, the maze right. that it is, yeah. the, the world, basically. Um, so it's kind of you got to really sit and think sometimes, um, like because you've only got a few item slots, you can't carry everything at once. And so yeah, I like to take my time. And I know there's moments where they are frantic and a bit you have to run away from stuff, like occasionally, which is again is fine. But with this, it's like every uh, as soon as he joined the game, I was just like, right, I need to really work out my shit right now, and then just leg it from here to here. And then I got to a point where I've had to like leave stuff behind that I want to pick up. Um, and then I got to another area where I was like kind of safe for a little bit. And then I was walking around and suddenly he came back and I was just like, oh crap. And I couldn't work out how to get past a certain bit and he kept beating me up. And I was just like, this is so annoying. Then I worked out eventually, but I was basically nearly dead at this point. So I was like, I might as well just die and then restart this whole bit again. But wow. yeah, I'm just not enjoying it. I'm just like, now that's happened. Huh. This is after the crocodile bit and everything, which I thought was awesome. Um, oh. So yeah, I'm just a bit. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, but I kind of uh, wish they had another mode, like they had original mode almost, like where right. it followed a similar way, and then like tyrant mode, so then he's following me throughout the game or something. Yeah. Um. Okay, I have a question then, because I have not played, I've played the crap out of the original RE2, I still have not sat down with the remake, and I've tried okay. to not look at everything about it, because I want to be a little bit surprised, but... Oh, sorry. Um, that in mind, no, you're not going to spoil anything, because that's the basic plot of the game. Um, that in mind, so are you on your first playthrough still? Yep. Oh, okay. And I have it on easy. In the original well. version, did you play the original version? Okay. What the original um, Resident you, Evil 2 like back, back in the on day. the Dreamcast or PS1? Yeah, I played it yeah. on P- PC actually back in the day. Um, okay. So you remember how like disc one is kind of the easier mode? You play maybe start as Leon, then disc mm. two, okay, the zapper mode or whatever they called it. Um, you start as Claire, that's when the tyrant is chasing after you. Like the this, disc yeah. two is arguably the more difficult. So this this is I, actually I Le- they... I, I'm actually playing Leon's huh. story at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what so, did I say? And, <laughs> oh you know, yeah, you said Leon Leon's easy and then Claire is when the tyrant comes I, Yeah, just like it was like whoever you started with, the first disc was the easier mode because you at yeah. least got through it, you saw an ending, and then you can do the second scenario where he plays the other character. That's mm. definitely the harder version of the game. I didn't know that they put the tyrant in through the first playthrough of it. That's interesting, but also kind yeah. of shows that they didn't have the confidence that people would people would play me play it through a second time. I mean either. <laughs> So I, I I feel like they could have shown him a little bit in the like maybe like how they did originally in the original game like he could have popped up yeah. once or twice, um, but yeah, him following you throughout. I think that could have been another whole other mode. Like they could have got a tyrant mode, um, I can and they could that. have had that available from the offset. Like they could have had easy, normal tyrant or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just it, it feels like it's changed the game very dr- dramatically oh, yeah. for me. Um, that's what I was supposed um, to do. There, there is a there. Um, Abby from Giant Bomb played through that game, and there is a clip they they used, and it's just the best and worst thing in the world when she's playing through that game, and she enters the library, and he literally, the tyrant, literally, however it's set up, like it kind of opens up, but from her right shoulder, like literally, he comes in and punches her in the head. <laughs> so like he's already he's clearly had his his 
arm like cocked back ready for the door to open because it just <laughs> like, she's she's scared but pissed off at the same time like how was i gonna avoid that <laughs> oh god yeah it's yeah it's it's quite a scary thing really and it's That's it's cool. the scare the scariest thing when you did i did not realize he would follow me like, there's a bit when he becomes in and you sort of have right. to take him down and Leon sort of goes, okay, we can run on now. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave him alone. Um, and I ran off. And I was in another room between a desk and a wall and stuff. And I suddenly heard the door open thinking a zombie was coming because zombies can follow you through doors and stuff in this now. And I was like, I turned around. As I turned around, he's just like coming through the door, like crouching through, like, Whoa. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, crap. I pulled out my shotgun and was like, ah. But he was like, I'm like stuck between this desk and wall. And he's just like, <laughs> Bang, bang. I was like, oh. <laughs> he didn't kill me, but I managed to just, just get away with like, oh, oh. oh Fantastic. awful. And yeah. And so that, that genuinely terrified me though. I was like, holy crap, there's this thing I can't kill. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could yeah. have seen that. Yeah. So it, I can understand why people like it. I can genuinely understand that. But for me, it's kind of ruined what I feel about like how I like to play the Resident Evil games. Uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that's actually that's your exact your exact feelings are why I'd never liked uh, Resident Evil Three Nemesis at first because mm. two you had your safety zones and stuff, but in three the Nemesis is where they introduce. This is PS One original. The, yeah. This is where they introduce like he was going to follow you from room to room, from place to place, blow a hole in a wall, and there he is, surprise, Kool Aid Man. Like I did not yeah. enjoy that because part of the part of the eeriness of Resident Evil that is what drew me into those games is there are times where you have to take things slow, but even taking them slow just builds that dread rather than nonstop. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I like about Resident Evil games back then. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, I'll try and finish it, but yeah, I'm just not enjoying it as much as I had been. I would like, say like I, my, I don't even know if this is a, this is like a blind pro tip, maybe look up and see how it shakes out to see if it's worth continuing. Cause you, you might be at a point where you're like about to get to a point where you're like, okay, I know how to, duck dodge and weave this guy maybe you just haven't gotten that far yet you know what i mean maybe like within um, your skills or where you've unlocked in the police station or something yeah maybe uh we'll see I'll, I'll give i'll give you an update later but yeah so i guess that does it for our weeks um we've rattled, rattled out quite a few things there so sorry if it's taken too long but i think there's some good stuff there so excellent and that will move us on to scotty moe's mail sack of wonder it's the mail sack, we got the mail sack, beautiful mail sack. Oh, nope, that's wrong. That's very wrong. Yeah, let's unzip this bad boy here, and uh, we're going to see what we've got in the mail sack. <laughs> so, uh, Zombie Hunter um, hit us up in the Discord asking any opinion on any of the new titles that dropped this week. Yakuza, Spider-Man, Demon Souls Remake, etc. Um, I didn't pick up a darn thing, so Graham... You picked up that dragon game. Oh, yes, I did. So, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, I picked up Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I've got it on specifically Xbox One at the moment because I don't have a Series X or a PlayStation. I forgot to mention at the start. Um, I was out of luck actually getting a PlayStation or an Xbox. Um, They've all sold out over here and I can't seem to get hold of one. But I've got this and I can play it on Xbox Series X when I finally get one. Uh, I've started playing on Xbox One. I'm... Okay, so... I love the Yakuza games, but I haven't really played that many of them. I've played Yakuza 1, 2, a bit of 0, and I think I played one of the other ones briefly. I can't remember which one I played. but So yeah, this is um, not kind of the fourth one I think I've played now, but not fully played them all. I like it. The story is really good so far. It's actually 
it's really it engaged me really quickly. And Kate as well sat down and watched it with me. And at the start, she's like, "Man, there's a lot of cutscenes in this game. Is it actually a game?" I was going to say like, it's super cinematic. Yeah, yeah, it's like so cinematic. And then after like five minutes, I was like, "Okay, we can watch. We can watch. We can. I can stop this. We can watch something else." And she's like, "No, no, I want to see what's happening. Actually, this is really good." So we just kept playing for a little bit. Um, the uh, if you don't know, this is very different to the other Accuser games, though. It doesn't have the brawling live action combat anymore. Um, where you can punch and kick as you wish. It's actually more of an RPG, like turn-based system almost. Uh, so, yeah, that is something I'm kind of getting used to still because I don't like turn-based RPGs that much. I know there's some people out there who love them. I'm not a huge fan. There's only a handful of games out there I've really enjoyed because of they're being turn-based. Uh, this one, it's good. It's fine. It's just not as enjoyable as I think as other as the original Yakuza games where you get to punch and kick and stuff. Uh, uh, it works out okay. It's it's making it it's making the game actually feel more cinematic overall because of it though. But yeah, otherwise it's great story so far. Really good humor and um, the others. It's also actually quite almost sad in a way. We're going to talk about this later, but it's bittersweet because you know you know in the oh, games yeah. you got you got Club Sega and stuff, and you can off in other game previous games. You yeah, they're just like arcades. Shenmue, dude. Yeah, just like Shenmue. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I was like I was like standing outside the club saying, I actually put out an Instagram post about this and like I went inside and started playing I played Virtual Fighter and Virtual Fighter Five and stuff. And I was like, it feels really bittersweet because it's such an awesome feature and it feels so good to be there. But in real life, if you don't know the news, Sega has announced that they're sort of withdrawing from the arcades in Japan. So it's kind of like it's like a it's like a it's like an homage to Sega, I feel like. So it was, yeah, it was like, like an really accidental nice, but... homage. Yeah, yeah, because they would have made this game before that announcement. So yeah, um, so good good story so far. Really cinematic, really love the, the visuals are amazing and good humor. Unsure about the combat direction, um, but it, it works. It's it's fine. I might I might grow to love it actually. Who knows? But Grim, yeah, I um... think so. I think the the reason why they made the combat like they they did, or at least I don't know how how they did it first. If they did the story first, or they wanted to to like figure out what their combat mechanics was going to be. But it seems like Ichi is wanting to live like his own like video game in life, right? And yeah. so his favorite video game is Dragon Quest. And mm-hmm. so when he fights people, yeah. he fights just like in Dragon Quest. You have like basically the same menu system. It's very simple. Um, even the icons themselves look like kind of like um, oh. what you'd see in like an eight bit you know, like a video game. So here's the thing. I've never played a single Dragon Quest game in my life. Like I know they exist. (laughs) I've just, I've never seen one being played either, to be honest. Like no one I know likes Dragon Quest. Like, so. Just not in your wheelhouse or your friends. Yeah, it's just not, it's not really, I I know it's it's out there. I know 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 it's a thing. I've never seen a screenshot of it, to be honest. Not the proper game. I've seen box, the box art of games, but never actually seen I never bothered to look, to be honest. Um, but I know, I know it's a thing, and it, he does actually say you, in the actual game he does talk about how much he loves Dragon Quest. There's a, there's a thing oh, yeah. near the start where he's talking about it. So, yeah, and I was like, Dragon Quest is that? That's not Sega or Atlas, is it? It's, it's Square Enix who, who owns it. So it's kind of cool that they talk about another company in a way, I guess. Um, you know, it was called. Well, I, I don't know if it was called Dragon Warrior when it originally released. In the United States, I don't know if it was also Dragon Warrior on the NES when it was okay. released in England. Um, 
I don't know, to be honest. So for many years, we in America only knew the series as Dragon, uh, Dragon Warrior. Okay. Um, up until, geez, I think after it, after we, because there was several games on the NES. I don't know if we got any on the Super NES. I can't remember, and maybe it just. But um, after that, I think uh, that's when the name changed to to back to 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 um, right. Dragon Quest. Okay. I've just done a very quick Wikipedia search, and it looks like Dragon Warrior was the North American name for it. So I think in the UK, it's always been Jack- Dragon Quest. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> so then you have even less of a reason for not having ever seen her play the game. I just it's been called the same thing the entire time. I Grand like didn't not... know dragons existed until Sega Saturn. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> when Panzer Dragoon came out, that's when I realized yeah. these are things. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that answers the question. Though uh, I, I don't know if you guys have any further uh, questions about it for me, or I have a question whatever. about it. You said Virtual Fighter Five is in that. Oh yeah, yeah. That is literally a last gen game. Like a PS3 mm-hmm. game is in a PS4 game and an Xbox One game. How yeah. insane is that? I know it's so cool. Because um, that I think that was that game actually released uh, on the systems at all? Yeah, five was. Yeah, on PS3. Okay. I remember the bad cover art and it yep. just like mm. would sit. I, okay. I remember, yeah. I don't even care about Virtual Fighter, but when I worked at GameStop, I would always keep my eye out for Sega games. And I mm. remember never picking that up because it never had cover art. And then someone traded one in and it was like five bucks on PS3. I was like, I'm never going to play this, but I feel like I should own this Virtual Fighter game. So I, <laughs> I bought it for yeah. literally that reason. It was so yeah. cheap, so... So Before I, I we think, move on, I was oh, just going to ask you, Graham. What do you what do you think of Ichi as a protagonist in this game compared uh, to Kazuma and how I like, cure you? Because they're two very different people, very different personalities. Um, we've like we've only pretty much known Kiryu as our main, you know, protagonist in this series, and so now this is the first time that we're we're getting an entirely new character to lead. And I love him. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I love Kiryu. He was great, and he's such a, I just, he's such a badass and stuff. Itchy, <laughs> Itchy, Itchy's like he is almost the polar opposite. He's still a bit of a badass, but he's, he's so lovable and like, um, he's, he's very optimistic in his views quite often and stuff. Um, and he, he's very passionate, which I love, and he's very honourable as well. And it just comes out like, yeah, the, he's a little bit crazy, a little bit insane. And but he's like that friend that is like is willing to run up and just take a punch in the face for you. you yeah, know? exactly. Just like one of those like wild, crazy dudes. But yeah, you could always count I, I, on him. I love, I, I like, him. I love his haircut as well. Um, don't, it's, but it, I don't. I kind of almost don't want to ruin. Are you guys going to play this game at all? Or I'm playing it now. I, I, oh, okay. I've been playing it. Perfect. I just, I just didn't I put it as. Um, I didn't, I didn't talk about it as my pickup. Um, okay i just i i I won't i won't say it then but there's just a very funny joke about his haircut in the in the game which which kate picked up on because she walked out for a bit and then she came back she mentioned his hair and i was like oh you just missed it there's there's a really i i don't know if i should say it chris should i say it or no don't say it no play the play Um, play the game it's just it's just a little side joke It's, it's quite funny though do you think they planned it this way to have a new uh, protagonist for a new generation now? Like, because we're into we're going into the next gen of games, or you think it just happened that way? Um, I don't know because I think the last Yakuza game they'd always planned to be Kiryu's final entry, effectively. So, yeah. I mean, maybe they planned it that way almost. Like, 
they thought, oh, we're coming up to the new generation. Let's let's get ready for it, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's, 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 it's very fun. It's well worth it. Um, yeah, even though I'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat, it's still enjoyable so far, at least. So, I pre-ordered that uh, that that awesome Picks and Love uh, Collector's Edition. I think they only did like a thousand of them or something like that. And so uh, hopefully yeah. I, I'll be able to get that uh, coming in, like coming my way in the next few weeks. So yeah, I looked into that and I was like, I'm never gonna, you know, look, I don't, I haven't got the space for this sort of stuff. Like so, yeah. Uh, but I picked up the the Day Itchy Steelbook Edition and happy with that. So all good. So yeah, we do have some the more what? questions. Oh, sorry, it's called Wait, they, the, they call it just day day itchy steelbook edition. Oh, they don't call it day one. That's interesting. No, okay, ichi ichi. So ichi is ichi day. it's what it's one in Japanese. Um, but it also oh, I thought it was each. Well, I say, I well the way each sometimes means, they, uh, yeah yeah you can my understand. Okay, this is my understanding because I'm not very good at Japanese, as you all know. But my understanding is that cat in certain like cartoons and comic but like manga and stuff over in japan they they sometimes use the word itchy to almost mean a couple of different things it can mean one but it can also mean something else as well like they kind of like it's a colloquial way of saying stuff um because there's a joke in bleach about it um so like ichigo is the uh lead character in bleach and there's a play on the word itchy and ichigo and using it with one and other things as well um and the fact that it's also to do with his hair color as well. Um, oh, because, really? Okay, interesting. Because I think I think it, itchy is also strawberry as well, or something like that. Because um, uh, it's like, yeah, it's ichigo ichigo sando is a like a it's like a it's a strawberry sandwich or something. I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't I need work. to get into all of this. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> strawberry I, sandwich. <laughs> a, fr- a friend of mine at work came from Japan. He's got a he got Ichigo Chizo Sando, which is a strawberry and cheese sandwich. Oh, he picked up from Japan, and he's like, "You can get Ichigo Sando. It's a is, is a strawberry sandwich." And he gave me one, which was just basically strawberry with a little bit of butter and b- between bread. I tried it. I was like, "That's surprisingly good." I was like, "What cheese? Oh. <laughs> Where's the cheese? No, you said cheese. Yeah, That's he, not cheese. There's, there's a version he has with cheese, Ichigo Chizo Sando." Oh. And I'm trying to think of like literally sandwich. any meal you would eat where accidentally cheese would get into your strawberries. There's nothing. There's nothing. So so much is fucking nuts. Like salads you'd put and you'd have some sort of like maybe goat cheese or, yeah. or something like that. I guess, but I'm thinking of like cheddar or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a sandwich with cheddar and Extra strawberries, but he cheddar. also just had strawberries and just bread, and it was just like it's surprisingly good. So <laughs> Okay, new segment. Uh instead of tell me I wrong it's tell me this is disgusting <laughs> oh dear yep anyway um, <laughs> uh i think that about does it right yeah that does it um i was going to say that we have some other questions but they've got, we're going to talk about them later in the show so did the mic pick that up at all a little bit that'll do i think yeah <laughs> better there you got enough to work with. Cool. okay excellent perfect Okay, and that moves us on to our first feature discussion. So, it's the end of an era. Sega has has announced it's setting off the majority of its arcade business in Japan. So, yeah, sad times for us Sega nerds out there. In if you don't know about this, in August this year, August 2020, 
Sega closed its doors to Akihabara Building 2 uh, Arcade, which is one of the district's most iconic video game arcades. We've mentioned it before on the show. It's the one with the staircases outside saying Sega, and it's, it's a beautiful building. Uh, that's sadly no longer one of Sega's properties. And then at the start of November, so just a couple of weeks ago, Sega Japan announced it was setting off 85.1% of its shares in Sega Entertainment, which is the company's arcade business, to a rival company called, I'm going to get this name wrong, it's either Genda or Genda? What do you guys think? How do you think I should pronounce that? Scotty uh, doesn't know. He's it, shrugging. Chris Genshin is also shrugging. Impact, so Genda. Genda. Okay, cool. Excellent. And Sega has sort of said it's partly down to the whole COVID-19, what's happening in the world right now. There's been a rapid decline in sales and profits in the arcade world this year, which is not really surprising. Um, And Sega says it will see massive financial losses because of the impact of COVID and the lockdowns around the world. And But that's not all. More recently, Sega has also asked 650 employees to take early retirement. And some of those are top executives, and some of them will top executives will be asked to take a 5% to 20% pay cut, um, and its representative director will all take a 30% pay cut. So they're, 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 you know, they're cutting some jobs and stuff, um, and they're, they're trying to cut pay to certain uh, higher-up executives, which is pretty sad, I have to admit. Um, but it's not all bad news. Um, so there's been, a, there's, there's been some misinformation out there. Some people are saying... Sega's dead in the water. There's no more Sega arcades ever. That's technically not true. Yes, they have sold off the majority of their business. They're still holding on to nearly 15%, 14.9% of the Sega arcade business. And as part of the deal with uh, Genda, Sega will be keeping those shares and the Sega name will remain on its arcade businesses. So um, at least the arcade businesses in Japan uh, so it seems like the Club Sega buildings will actually still say Club Sega on the outside and the arcades will remain open. Um, and Sega has said they will still be making arcade machines. And I believe Initial D is going to be its next one that's coming out. So Sega yeah. is still in the arcade business. Um, so there will still be Sega games out there. It's just they're not going to be the majority shareholders in them, it seems, or, or its main arcade, the actual arcade buildings. So... It's 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 kind of sad, but it's not all bad news, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I guess we're going to go into what our reactions are, talk about it, and have a little discussion. So, Scotty, let's kick you off with you. What, what, what's going through your yeah, head? Um, I think it didn't really hit me, and it at first hit me the wrong way, because at first I thought, like, oh, no more arcades by Sega at all, and then I was really bummed, but then it was more clear that it was their um, backing out of ownership more so and still going to be making games. Um, But I, I I honestly, it's, it didn't hit me as hard overall still just because of how shit tastic 2020 has been. Um, So it's not surprising at all, but it is surprising following the fog gaming thing. But also what like it hit me personally because um, Rachel and I have talked about our plans for a honeymoon uh, we're not married right now to surprise anyone or anything that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but we always jokingly said like, cause I don't really like to travel at all. Um, the only, I, I could go into my reasons, but it's weird and OCD and other stuff. But, but if there's anywhere I wanted to ever travel, it's definitely Japan. She mm-hmm. is a Disney nut more so like uh, a th- the actual theme park nut. Like she would okay. used to go there every year um, down to Florida. And so we thought, Oh, Two birds with one stone, the perfect place for us on a honeymoon. 
go to Japan because she can check out Disney Park of Japan and I could play some Sega arcades and finally see like home base of everything that has gotten me into video games. So, um, you know, it hit that personal chord because it's like, I can't, I, now I cannot walk into a Sega arcade, so to speak. Like it's a very, it's a small thing, but at the same time, it's, it's still like my brother who is over there right now in Okinawa. Um, two years ago, he took a picture of the Sega arcade that actually just recently closed down. And I was like, Oh, I want to go there. I think I mentioned this on the on the show as well, because yeah. um, I told him like get me something or a token or whatever. Tokens don't exist, whatever. Um, so it's 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 a it's sad because also it's um, I almost compared it to Chuck E. Cheese, but Chuck E. Cheese is not the same thing. It, it, it's weird because it's arcades are so. It also shows just how hard COVID is hitting different areas because mm-hmm. Japan is a different world. But arcades over there are like casinos in the States or like Walmarts in here or something like like our country cannot survive without casinos and Walmarts. It feels like whereas Japan, nobody stays at home in Japan because from what I understand, their living spaces, if you're in the city is like sardines. Um, So everybody's out and about and going to arcades and stuff like that. So it's Mm -hmm. it's really crazy that they are backing out of it. But I'm glad that they straight up said, yeah, it's covid. Uh, what there's no mystery here you know (laughs) um so yeah it 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 bums me out but i maybe it's just how hard this year's been and how different of a person i am from like five years ago that oh i understand how businesses work a little better now that this makes sense super shitty Mm. but it makes sense yeah that's that's fair chris have you got any thoughts there muted chris you're you're muted. muted Good because uh, Cortana <laughs> just came up on my computer when I, as I started talking. Um, what did she say, Chris? She I heard didn't say anything. I told her go away. Um, oh. Mo, so I'm gonna have a little bit of fun with this one, uh, and I'm gonna say that Sega is actually making some strategic moves to try to get themselves oh, in a healthy position to sell off the business. Okay, and I have a theory. I think Microsoft is going to be the company to buy Sega here probably sometime within sometime in I think 2021 is, is what's gonna happen. Wow, really? And here, here's the thing. Microsoft rumors going around that Microsoft has been looking for uh more Japanese-based developers uh to that they can uh, purchase and bring in to their first party uh studios. What company out there that could potentially be on the market could microsoft buy that they could bring in and give them some immediate impact uh and respectability in the japanese market because mind you microsoft has generation after generation failed to make any sort of Mm. uh or gain any sort of meaningful market share in in japan it just can't do it even when i mean even was it with the Xbox 360? They got uh, who was that famous uh, uh, Square Enix developer? They got to make uh, was it Blue Dragon? Uh, oh. They got uh, he's one of the Final Fantasy developers, wasn't he? Oh, that was a launch game too. I forget. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've if you look, Microsoft has has made moves and they've tried to do things to make inroads in the Japanese market, uh, but they've just it's it's it, they failed to do it and they're never going to be able to overtake Sony or Nintendo for that matter, if they can't 
get bigger <laughs> in Asia. Uh, and so I think they are looking for for certain companies. And I think, man, if you imagine bringing in Sega uh, and immediately you got Sega's entire library of games. You also have Atlas and all the PC stuff. Uh, that would be a huge get. I mean, I, I would imagine that would be a very expensive deal. Um, not as expensive as uh, their recent one of um, what was the recent? Uh, oh, Bethesda. Company? Um, Bethesda. Thank you. Yeah, it was. I, it's it's going to be nowhere near that, but um, it would be expensive. That's also an American company, though. True. Yeah, I'm. I'm just meaning in terms of value of like what it's yeah. going to cost oh, yeah. Microsoft to purchase. Like, I don't think it's going to be on the anywhere near the level of like a Bethesda. Um, hmm. But it's not going to be cheap and. Uh, it would be interesting to see. So I think that's what Sega's up to. I think they're making some moves, and and in sometime this next year, I think we may have some really big news. Um, so just I've, for audio listeners, I've actually got my copy of Blue Dragon in front of me, and it says Le- legendary RPG creator. Uh, I'm not going to get this name right. Hironobu Sakaguchi. Uh, Nailed it. I guess there we go. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, was he from? Square or something? I can't remember. They've got they've also got renowned character designer Akira Toyoyama and famed music composer wow. Nobuo Uma- Uematsu, I think. Uh so uh, he yeah. they Nobuo did the soundtracks of the Final Fantasy games and Akira okay. Toriyama is the creator of Dragon Ball Z. Okay, there we go. Um yeah, I, I I actually really like this game. I didn't and I never finished it, but I remember get, really getting into it and yeah, really enjoying it. So it's, I think yeah. I think it suffered from launch game syndrome, like so many people passed it over, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I do have a quick comment about Chris's theory. I feel like Microsoft... Microsoft is an American company, and I feel like they've really been... It's so bad to do this, but they have been the meme of, like, the... Um, oh shit, what's, what's... Who's the guy who's like, hello, fellow youth of America, or whatever? Hello, fellow oh. children, or whatever. Steve Buscemi? Fellow teens. Yes. Yeah, um, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like Microsoft is the Steve Buscemi of that, but instead they're saying, hello, fellow otaku. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to approach Japan. Um, and it would make it would make sense eventually for Sega to be bought by Microsoft or for them to join forces because the Dreamcast, or I mean, the original Xbox was quite literally the evolution of the Dreamcast, and the Dreamcast had Windows CE in it. Uh, the Xbox controller was the Dreamcast face um button layout and so many things went over to them as well um and every two years every year e3 the rumors fly that this is the year microsoft's gonna buy sega and especially the one where they announced fantasy star online 2 coming to xbox one and all that crazy stuff so Mm -hmm. it's i i see it likely it's as likely to happen as it is unlikely to happen because for those of us that are familiar with the civil war of sega of japan and sega of america like Sega of Japan would not listen to anything that would allow this to happen. But at the same time, if Microsoft can convince them somehow enough, or even if they like literally said like we got Bethesda or like they, they, they bring in some other company to try to convince Sega to join with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess at this point, all it's going to take is, is money, enough money and they're businessmen. And if it's a good business deal, I think, they'll make the smart decision. Well, yeah, I think maybe it's partially my cynicism, but at the same time, the fact that ever since Sonic showed up on Nintendo consoles, anything's possible. And so I don't <laughs> yeah. doubt it any at all Fair anymore. Enough. 
I, I think that's quite a good theory. I mean, back yeah, as you said, Scotty, back when like the Xbox 360 launched, um, like it's it, or even the Xbox, like it seemed like that was the next evolution of the Dreamcast. Sega was actually had some big hitters, like launch title or near launch titles exclusive to Xbox. But then as time went on, they seemed to shy away from Microsoft a little bit, but now they are coming back again. As you sort of mentioned, Fantasy Star, the new Fantasy Star Online and stuff. Um, and yeah, other things. they're big supporters. Yeah. yeah, and like Yakuza and stuff. For ages, Yakuza was PlayStation exclusive, and they released, like, what was it, one and two on the Wii U, and then nothing really happened on Nintendo stuff. But now oh, it's right. like, oh, yeah. you know, let's let's launch, the, let's launch um, Yakuza Kiwami and Kiwami 2 on uh xbox one and and zero and now this as well launch day title just, exclusive wow. so um yeah they, they seem to be I, I, warming to microsoft again the more you talk about that graham the more i was trying to think of like exclusives like uh on the 360 condemned launched with that thing mm-hmm. that was by sega when the connect yeah. came out sega had um rise of nightmares, rise of nightmares. Mm-hmm. so like they have been Sega's been one of the few. Uh, what a shock! Scotty's going to say on the Megavision podcast how great Sega is. Um, Sega has been one of the few, like almost blind supporters to each company because they like threw Mad World out on the Wii. They put mm-hmm. stuff using the Connect on the 360. Um, PS3. They actually have the House of the Dead three and four collection that uses the Move controller that you know two people own in this planet. Uh, Chris is probably one of them, but, uh, (laughs) but what I'm saying is like, they're very, not only adaptive, but welcoming. And I think maybe that's a result of what happened and why they went under. They realized they weren't as much support to where they should have been in different areas and and Mm. whatever. But I guess what I'm saying is maybe your idea isn't that crazy, Chris. Yeah. One thing that I, I, I would, as a Sega fan, I think it would, it would be awesome for Sega, or I'm sorry, Microsoft to buy Sega, because in a way, it could reignite our old console war, because Sega is now part of Microsoft. Microsoft's going against Nintendo and Sony joined together. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, baby. Let's go. Our country is divided enough as is. We don't need this now. This is what could bring us together. God yep, damn it. Maybe. Um, and, but for me, I, there'd be a massive win for I, I've always been a Microsoft fan more than Sony and Nintendo. So, for, and bringing Sega on board, I'd be like, yeah, I've won. <laughs> um, yeah. Although I you obviously do love my Switch and will get a PlayStation at some point. But yeah. <laughs> I only have one thing to say with console wars and dividing us even more make gaming great again. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but could Microsoft make Sega great again? Oh, oh snap! Ooh. Um, but it'd be interesting. I, I have to admit, I'd be interested to see what goes because it was seemed this year the rumors about Microsoft trying to buy Sega seemed more legitimate than before. Like I don't know why there was something about it when there was that there was going to be a big announcement and people were like, oh, it seemed to be. I don't know. There seemed to be more credibility behind it. So maybe you could be correct, Chris. Maybe. Maybe it is a thing to happen. And I think, as you say, it would be a smart move for Microsoft because it, it seems to me in Japan in particular, they, there's a, a stigmatism about these American companies trying to come in and take over. It's like, why why would we buy an American from an American company we can buy from Nintendo and Sony, who are both homegrown Japanese companies? That's the way it seems. I got that vibe when I was actually yeah. out there several years ago, Tokyo Game Show and stuff. A lot of people seem to be dismissing 
Oh, it's basically all Westerners at the Xbox area. I mean, there's some Japanese people there, but mostly it was Westerners who were actually, you know, trying out all the Xbox stuff, going, this is great. Um, but everyone was queuing up for, like, the Sony and Nintendo stuff. Like, there's huge queues for those. So it's, it just seemed really bizarre. Um, but Microsoft was really trying its hardest to show off what they had out there. This was back in 2007, by the way. Um, so I didn't know you went ago. to Tokyo Game Show. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it was an amazing experience. And Chris could have been there, but he didn't have a passport. <laughs> Which um, you only found out like two weeks before or something. It was like, why do I have a passport? What? <laughs> I know, God. <laughs> it takes a little more than two weeks to get a passport. Uh, oh, dear. Shoot, I was um, going to say something else and I forgot now. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, one last thing to think of. I'm surprised we went this far without mentioning it, actually, or this long. Um, you know, if they acquire Sega with them, they get Atlas and Creative Assembly. So it's like three yeah. for one. And Sports Interactive. Yeah. And some other yeah. ones that I think they own still. Like, uh, yeah, that would be amazing if they were to be able to do that. Um, I, a couple of things that came to mind. I had this news and stuff as well, just to touch on it. Um, I wonder what this means for the arcade business in Europe, because that is handled by Sega Amusements International. I'm wondering if that whole deal includes, because I'm not sure how separated their arcade business is compared to Europe and, and America and Japan. I don't know if they are operated as separate entities or if, uh, Sega Entertainment controls the European and American divisions. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I, um, the last, like, the last that Sega was really relevant in America was when they still owned GameWorks, and that was almost uh, a okay. decade ago or something. Wow. So, so I don't know. Yeah, because I'm not entirely There's no way sure. to find out. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was some sort of machine we could use to ask questions. Uh, get that Cortana. Speak to Cortana again, Chris. What's, what's going on there? Um, Cortana, boost my morale. <laughs> but yeah, because I'm not sure how what, many games what, what actually made. Oh, I don't um, know. Cortana, how do Sega arcade? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cortana, how do Sega arcade? <laughs> so oh, we can't, can't hear her. She's talking. Yet. Yeah, can't help with it. Learn Fair how enough. to, lady. Um, but yeah, I'm not even sure how many arcade games are actually made by the UK division, for example. I think they might just be an operating right. to resell almost like Sega, Japan, go, we've made this game. Now we sell it in Europe, basically, rather than then actually making the games. I'm not sure how that actually works. And Scotty, you touched on it as well. What does this mean for, for gaming? This is the cloud service they were talking right. about for arcades. Is that still going? I assume. I almost assume it's still going ahead, as they've mentioned. They are still going to be making arcade machines and stuff. So maybe that's technology. If they were far along with the technology, maybe that's something they will be selling to Genda. Um, yeah, I think when they announced it, it wasn't launched yet, and they were like announcing that it would launch soon. So I don't even know if yeah. Fog Gaming happening yet. But if if, it, if they've made the technology. Then maybe, maybe it's still going to be a thing. Stop making fucking Game Gear micros and <laughs> spend your money <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> oh, God dear. damn it! Yeah, but I, I love that theory, Chris. I love the idea behind that. So, yeah, let's speculate. Let's, Is this going to be another prediction that we claimed? And like, we need to be like, you know, check the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yep, check it. So, yeah, today, fifteenth of November. Chris calls it nice. I remember okay. the fifteenth of November. Yeah. <laughs> any any other any other final thoughts on this subject before we put it to bed for now? Nope. I, I 
sad and going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. As we say, yeah, it's, it's sad news. 2020 has been a bitch to everybody, including arcades and Sega in particular, which is very sad for us. Gut punch. But it's not all. The, it's not the end. Sega has said they're still going to be making arcades. So, you know, it's not, it's not completely the end for Sega in the arcades, which is, uh, you know, they're a staple for arcade units out there. But anyway... So, with that, let's move on to our next feature discussion. We are moving on to our final feature discussion, feature discussion number two, which is, we're calling Console Launch Nightmares. And so, we're now officially living in the next-gen world of gaming. The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X have landed and millions of gamers out there enjoying their upgraded visuals and faster loading times that come with these consoles. But then there's a slightly darker side. Aside from stock issues, you know, people not being able to get hold of these consoles like me. Um, yeah, there have been tons of gamers out there who have been reporting console failures or problems with the new Xbox and the PlayStation, such as overheating, uh, pixelated screens, some other little issues out there which have, you know, hindered their enjoyment somewhat. And it's been very frustrating, especially because the stock issues means they can't get replacements so easily. Um, but we have to remember, this is not a new thing. It seems almost every generation has had problems with launch systems. So we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to discuss some problems we've personally faced with launch consoles, uh, with our launch con- console launch nightmares chat. And um, just a note, we're not talking specifically about game problems we've had on launch day per se, but rather consoles we've bought on launch day or very close to launch day that have had problems down the line, maybe. So up first, let's go with Chris. All right. So I had a couple different ideas for what I wanted to do. and I kept flop, flip-flopping back and forth. Um, but I'm going to tell both of them really quickly because they're not going to take too long. Uh, so my first one is the PSP. Uh, do you guys, uh, did you guys buy a PSP, like a, a launch PSP, I should say? I did not. I own a PSP, but not launch. Okay. This one has oh. no battery, but I literally just pulled it out of my desk drawer. I remembered that I have one. <laughs> is that your? Is that a launch PSP? Uh, it's a. I'm. That looks oh, like no, a, it's, one of it's, the newer it's, models. That's a slim. Yeah, it's a, it's a two thousand. Oh no, it's okay. a three thousand. Holy crap! Ooh, I gotta get a battery in this thing. Look at this guy. So I did get a launch PSP, and I don't know if you guys remember, but a lot of them were having issues with like dead or frozen pixels. Yeah. And I had like I, I think it ended up getting I got one and it had a bunch of them all over the, like just sporadically all over the screen. And once you see it and once you notice it, you can't not see it. And it drove me crazy. And I just bought a bu- <laughs> I spent a bunch of money on this. I'm like I'm taking it back. I took it back, opened the new one. The new one had like a few more in it. And I'm like, oh, God, this sucks. I'm, I'm going to just take it back again. Maybe the third time, I won't have any. The third one I got had, like, one dead pixel. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to keep it. And so I, I ended up keeping that one. But I think after that launch, uh, like, window of, 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 of units, they, they fixed whatever pro- was having problems with their screens. I don't know if they just had a bad supplier or what ended up happening. But... Uh, that, yeah. Those are really bad, and I remember wow. that being a big issue. You were you working GameStop during that launch, Scotty? No, that was right before me because I, I I had to look at the date because I really I don't 
that was when I was in college and I was really gung ho on the music scene and like getting into bands and stuff. So that was 2005, March, 2005. So I was not even, I didn't even know the PSP existed to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I didn't start what, uh, working GameStop till 2008. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well you wouldn't have been working, uh, you know, GameStop for the sticks when either, uh, my second system I wanted to talk about really quickly is the PlayStation one. And, do you, I don't know if you guys remember your, your one of your systems eventually that first model, the first version, because then they made the like the slim version or whatever. Oh, uh, that was a while, but yeah, the tinier. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but that original version, eventually, a lot of them would just stop reading discs, and it would oh, just yep. like stop spinning. Um, and I don't remember where I found out about it or where maybe it was in a game magazine, but if you flipped it on its like upside down, it would read it. I don't know how it would do that, but <laughs> that had to be something physically with the motor. I would assume yeah, at that point, maybe. Um, and we bought. Uh, so we bought a launch uh, unit, uh, a PlayStation One, and then I think like a few days later, Sony dropped the price on it or something, and we ended up taking it back <laughs> to get our money back. But in the the when we or it, or exchange it for a new one, I think I can't I can't remember what happened. My dad, that's what it was. My dad was like, "Okay, I can go back and save a hundred bucks. I'm just going to take this one back to the store and get my money back, and then I'm going to buy you guys a new one for a hundred dollars less." And so he ended up doing that. That system that he bought, like not more than a few months later, started doing that thing where it wouldn't read the discs, so we had to flip it over. And we probably could have taken it back to get a new one after that because it was probably within the warranty, but we just never did. We're like, it works. And so we just, yeah. every time you put a disc <laughs> in, you close it and then flip it upside down and like you press the start button and and it would work <laughs> fine. And it worked fine like that for years and years and years. We never... <laughs> I, I just picture funny. your friends coming over and like you guys know how back in the day when one TV was broken, you just get another one and stack it on top of the TV that's <laughs> broken. People walk into the pals house like, oh, there's the pals. They got three TVs stacked and like every console is upside down. What's going on with them? <laughs> one TV had to be sideways. That's yeah. the only way you would display. <laughs> oh, Pretty good. That is great. That is great. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've um, actually, well, actually, there's a, one of our feedbacks or the questions we got um, uh, is from Zombie Hunter, uh, who talks about his launch horror stories. So thanks, Zombie Hunter, for sending this in. Um, Target screwed me in, in, send, in sending the unit a week late than what I was expected. So that's talking, he's actually about the current launch problems. So uh, I don't know if he's got a place, he's ordered a PlayStation or Xbox, but yeah, he's he's relating to... Just, I, don't I guess, know. kind yeah. of stock issues this this time round. So, yeah, it's 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 killer. It's it's so annoying for some of us because some of us have to, we've missed that pre order window. We weren't able to even get the order in. But then there's some other people out there who they've got the order in and they they're not sending it basically, which is really fun. I think one of my friends is in that situation. He ordered it well, basically when pre orders first came out over here, and he, he put put down a deposit or put down the money, put locked in the pre-order and then it's like yep yeah, it's coming next week or tomorrow or whatever and it's like i still haven't got it and he called up the store and they're like yeah we're not gonna be able to send it for a while it's like 
seriously? Like, would you want to cancel it? And he's like, no, I want to get there. I want to get it. <laughs> I'm not going to cancel it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, it's, uh, he'll probably find it somewhere and then end up canceling the other one. Yeah, I think that's what he said. He's going to keep an eye out other places, but yeah. he doesn't want to lose out on that pre-order almost because it's like gold dust at the moment. So, because yeah. some some places are sort of saying early December they're expecting to get new stock in over here at least, which is not mm. good. Yeah, but and so I've I actually have a couple of stories, but this is the one. So if we've got time, I might tell my other ones, which are a lot quicker. So this one's a little bit longer, but hopefully, hopefully we're good. So this is a true story of heartache and first world problems, really. So grab the tissues and strap in, folks, because. I, I, so when the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 were announced and going to come out, I was actually going to hold off because I'd never, I'd, the only console at that point I bought at launch was the Dreamcast. Uh, oh, and the Game Gear, actually. So Dreamcast and Game Gear. But I don't normally buy consoles at launch very often. Uh, but so I was going to hold off buying an Xbox 360. But then I heard that Elder Scrolls Oblivion was going to be exclusive for the Xbox 360 and a launch title. And Morrowind is one of my favorite RPGs or adventure games of all time. And because that game just blew my mind when it first launched. I was like, oh my God, you can basically go anywhere and do anything. This is incredible. I can sneak into someone's house and steal a book if I want to. That's so cool. Um, I mean, that sounds weird, but I thought it was amazing. And you then I saw... Oh, I know. <laughs> and I saw the early screenshots of Oblivion and I was like, that looks beautiful it looks amazing it looks so lifelike and excited me in more places than i care to mention um and i've been wanting a new elder scrolls game for years so i threw caution to the wind and slapped down a deposit to secure myself one of these lovely consoles and it cost me around 300 pounds with a game uh, that's what the deal they were doing at the time and i should mention and chris can probably verify this i had a terribly paid job at the time i was barely making minimum wage basically and still living with my parents at the time so this was a huge deal for me because i couldn't really afford much uh i could get the odd game here and there but yeah like laying down 300 pounds at once that's like took me ages to save up for basically so yeah um and uh, so then launch day drew closer and then Bethesda actually announced Oblivion was delayed. It was no longer going to be a launch title and it was no longer going to be Xbox 360 exclusive. It would be out on PlayStation 3. I think it was going to be launched on Xbox slightly earlier than PlayStation 3, though. So it's kind of a semi-timed exclusive, but it's, it was delayed. So I was a bit gutted, uh, but there were still a few other games I had my eye on, like Perfect Dark Zero, Cameo, Call of Duty 2. So I kept my oh, deposit. Boy. And I ended up grabbing Perfect Dark Zero. Uh, oh, Perfect boy. Dark on the N64 was one of my favorite first-person shooters. Like At the time, I was like, this is such a good game. It's going to be amazing. Rare can do no wrong. They made so many great games in the past. And I was so disappointed with Zero. Um, I won't say it's terrible, but it wasn't great. They, they kind of ruined everything that made Perfect Dark so good back in the day. And... I just, I, uh, it's because it was my only game I had with it. I had, you could download demos, which was cool, but I, it was the only game I had with it. I forced myself to play it. I completed it. I had some enjoyment with it, but I was still disappointed, uh, even though I finished it nevertheless. Um, but 
yeah, but keeping me going through that time, I kept reading the early previews and reviews of Oblivion as they were coming out in the magazines and online. And the game just looked and sounded so fantastic. I could hardly believe it. This was the true next gen game I'd been waiting for. Everything I read about it, they could ride horses. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, you could drop something from the top of like a mountain. It would roll down a hill, like, cause they had real physics. I was like, this is so cool. It's going to be off the chain. And then Ooh. a few months rolled on. I managed to get a okay. couple more games. I think at that point, I got like cameo maybe did pick up call of duty 2 i can't remember now and then oblivion finally came out and i was so excited i bought the special edition on day one so yeah i'm holding for those audio listeners i'm actually holding up my original copy the special edition that card yeah cardboard box baby cardboard box oh yeah um and it's got like um an imperial coin and like a conductor's edition notebook and stuff i, I won't get this one actually now i was about to but i won't um I was looking yeah. while you're looking while you're opening that stuff up. I was double checking because I was like, "Well, they were backwards compatible." That didn't kick in for until two years after the launch of the 360. Oh yeah, so, so you didn't yeah. even have you literally had Perfect R Zero. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I picked up. So yeah, as I say, I picked up the limited edition version of Oblivion, and I skipped home like Charlie Bucket with his golden ticket in hand. I was so happy, <laughs> so excited. I booted up the game and started playing. And I finished the tutorial dungeon and I was like, this is so cool. Like the tutorial dungeon wasn't the best experience because it's very dark and dingy and a bit slow and long, but it's still kind of cool for me. Um, Like, yeah. And then you step out into the world for the very first time. It was amazing because there's like grass and trees and the beautiful flowers in front of you. And like, um, there's the motor river around the sort of castle dungeon thing that you'd leave. I was like, this is so cool. But I was playing on my crappy little TV, like CRT TV in my bedroom, and it wasn't very good or very big. And I stopped playing because I had an idea. My parents were out of the house at the time. And downstairs, we had a, it was still a CRT TV. It wasn't HD or anything, but it was a bigger CRT TV with better sound and better picture quality, like better colors. It was really good for playing games on. So I was like, I'm doing it. I'm taking my Xbox 360 downstairs so I could experience this in the best way possible that I could at the time. And so, yeah, took it downstairs, uh, plugged in my Xbox 360, connected to the, the, the lovely bigger TV, uh, set the TV to the correct channel to make sure it was there. And then a little tingle in my hand, uh, quiver in my heart. Um, I pressed the power button on my Xbox 360 and I got an E74 error code on screen and the red flashing lights on my console I got the red ring of death um, and I was absolutely devastated. It's like the one game I've been dying to play before the Xbox 360 even came out. It's the one game I bought the bloody console for killed my console basically. Um, and I, I actually think I nearly cried. Like I was actually genuinely just that upset. I was like, I what, believe what do I do? Probably, well, <laughs> probably not even out of sadness, but also out of stress at that point. Cause of yeah, everything it, you physically just did to get down yeah. there to that spot. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, I, I, I built it up so much and I, I experienced just a glimmer of it. It's like, I just tasted, I just tasted the game. I was like, this is so good. Oh my God, this is everything I wanted. Uh, gotta, uh, and then it's just like, what, what do I, it was almost like, what do I do? What, what can I do? I couldn't ask my parents for a, like another 300 pound console um and yeah i was so disappointed it actually took me a few months to get myself a new console i think i finally got it replaced by microsoft because they started doing the the refunds or returns on the ring of red ring of death consoles oh my god but i was so disappointed 
Were they ever allowing you to do returns on, like, to the store? You could take them to the store? I thought you had to take them directly to Microsoft. Oh, that that was it. Yeah, you had to contact Microsoft or something about it. uh, Yeah, And they they arranged for a pickup or something. So I remember I had to send mine to Mexico when I lived in Guam. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the weirdest thing. 60% failure rate, ladies and gentlemen. 60% failure rate with launch consoles. God. Yeah. yeah, that's got to be that's has to be the all time high, right? Oh like, yeah, I'm three sixty. Pretty sure that because yeah. they've had there's been launch there's been launches of games like there were I forget which Call of Duty, but one of the Call of Duties was so mass produced that some discs did not even actually have data on them. Oh my so, god! So <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, I I want to say console wise that was the biggest flop because yeah. even like as poorly as some sales were. I don't think things backfired as much as they did on on that. Mm, yeah, it's. Uh, so I think up to that point, the PSP was one of the most renowned ones for the pixels, but that didn't stop you playing, being able to play the games per se. Right. This just yeah. you're you're you had a brick basically, and there were there, there were yeah. theories like there were people who managed to fix it by overheating their Xbox by like wrapping in towels. I'd seen the oh, videos. Like, I tried that and stuff. It just that did not work at all for me. My um, yeah, my buddy AJ had a launch Halo Three styled Xbox, so he was never going to get rid of that. The 360, oh, yeah. and I borrowed it from him for something once. And I remember he couldn't be at this event that I was doing, and he was like walking me through how to fix it. And it ended with me asking, like, "Okay, wait a minute. How many goats do I need to sacrifice just to get your stupid system to turn on?" <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. The the it was like the yeah. Fonzie starting a car or something, you know? Yeah, it's oh man. But yeah, that was that was like the worst experience I've ever had. Um, like, we we should yeah. briefly mention that Sony did not go without errors this launch as well. Oh, the yeah. PS3, there was the yellow light of death, but that was such a smaller percentage. Yeah, uh, of happening to people. Yeah, I remember that being a thing at one point. But yeah, because people are like, oh, Sony's doing it as well now. But yeah, the Xbox 360 was just notorious for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah. Um, and actually just touching it, because you kind of sort of semi-touched on it, um, t- Turkey Chasing TJ, um, he, he had <laughs> one of his launch uh, stories. Um, so the day he got home with the Dreamcast on launch, he uh, had Sonic Adventure um and then the game had loads of horrible glitches and problems with it uh, so my parents had to bring me back to uh, eb games the next day to explain that the game didn't work maybe there was a problem with the console or game i went through three copies of sonic adventure and another console before i found one that worked it wasn't until months later i heard from people who had the same issues with the first batch of sonic adventure it was very frustrating thankfully i didn't have the other launch games that had the same issue so yeah, um, I, th- I guess in America at least, uh, Sonic Adventure had lots of problems with some of the launch titles. Um, yeah, of that game because uh, you can't touch on Call of Duty. Not you know some of them not having data. There's similar things with Sonic Adventure. It seemed. I also think you remember guess, the, f- yeah. the first batch. It's not a launch title, but Metropolis Street Racer. I think they did like two or three oh, versions right. of that because the first version there was a problem with the kudos system in that game. Um, there's a way you could cheat and basically get tons of kudos or something or or is the other way around that you couldn't get enough kudos on one of the the tracks oh had kudos to, uh, kudo, oh kudos sorry yeah, kudos, sorry kudos. <laughs> I i'm know. an american you say what uh sorry <laughs> i'm probably saying it wrong don't worry it's it's probably not you it's probably me so just blame graham and uh, yeah so there was a problem with that system so i had to reprint the game or something um 
Yeah. Well, there that 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 generation had uh, basically every launch title by Midway: uh, Ready to Rumble Boxing, Hydro Thunder, mm. and Mortal Kombat Gold. Some of those games did not have audio working properly, or some actual visual elements were bugging out pretty bad. Um, so they immediately re-released them with the tacky as hell, hot new like explosion. <laughs> Literally looks like a, a cereal box with super prize inside kind of sticker on the cover. <laughs> like it's on the manual cover art Yeah. Um, for those three games. They were re-released. So a pro tip for collectors of Dreamcast out there. You want the hot new, or as we like to call them, the hot and ready versions of Hydro Thunder, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, and Ready to Rumble Boxing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Scotty, what, what's, what, uh, what was your launch problems? Nightmares? I've been pretty fortunate overall. I've not... Uh, the only, um, sorry, I was talking over you a little bit. There's a little bit of a delay there. Uh, but I, the only consoles that I got launch day were the Dreamcast, which is mine right here with the Quake 3 Arena Ooh. sticker on the lid because I'm nice. awesome. Um, and the um, the Nintendo Wii, I got day one as well. Nice. Um, I, I, I don't want to tell my Dreamcast story because now I feel bad about TJ's, but I mean... Uh, the, the downside of mine, I didn't get to skip school that day. I don't know. That was my my <laughs> grand scheme. Um, but I got Sonic Adventure. I got the VMU. I played it, and it was good. Um, but the uh, and the Wii. I mean, there's there's horror stories around the Wii and whatever because it was just short supply, fake demand, all that garbage, and all those rumors and whatever. I actually had a lot of fun with that one. Um, I got a Wii day one. Uh, this was I was actually at the GameStop that I ended up working for no joke a couple months later um but i was in line got it day one got wii sports twilight princess that's like all me and my college roommates played for a couple months um and what was fun was that was right before thanksgiving break um going back i was a junior in college so my high school buddies and i were still kind of hanging out regularly and one of them was going to wait for a wii on black friday so i was like I got nothing to do. I'm in college. I'm on vacation. So we went out to Best Buy at like 4 a.m. And we're just sitting in line playing our DSs, like making friends with people in line. Like we'd be like, all right, we got to go. We're going to make a McDonald's run. Are you guys cool to hold our spots? And they're like, yeah. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, so it's not really he ended up getting one. I was literally just there to keep him company. Um <laughs> Uh, so that was cool and like the only other console related type launch story i have is is another fun one where um i didn't have a 360 yet i got the ps3 before the 360 um when i was working at gamestop resident evil 5 came out with a 360 collector's edition the only thing that was different about it is the 360 was solid red um it literally did not say resident evil anywhere on it but i worked that midnight launch and i was getting re5 for ps3 and 360. So works that midnight launch. Normally when you do that, you don't get out of work until uh, like one or one 30 in the morning. So I'd get home about 2 AM and my buddies were waiting online. We booted up resident evil five. We played it throughout the night. I had to open the store the next day. So no joke, 8 AM rolls around. I say to my buddy online, I'm like, so uh, I got to go hop in the shower and head to our <laughs> store and open it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I did and that was a lot of fun and I do not remember that shift except that a lot of it was like what's going on guys yeah playing Resident Evil 5 all night I was here last night it's a great game you should buy it what's that you want 10 copies you got it okay and I I remember I did not sit down for my lunch that day though because if I did I would have fallen asleep so wow. and, <laughs> and so but the thing is like maybe it's my specific GameStop but if there was a console launch coming up 
uh, it might have to do with the staff as well. But like we would have our pre-order list and we would have, you know, a lot of the regulars were, of course, on that. But we were told to call out and say, hey, just a reminder, you've got 50 bucks down. Um, that was a thing, too, is it used to be uh, they learned the hard way from this, like to pre-order a game minimum of $5 goes towards the final price to pre-order a console. Mm -hmm. At one point it was five bucks. Um, but they upped the ante with that to make it either 25 for handhelds or $50 for consoles. Cause that way you would think you would think people would remember, I have $50 sitting at the store towards a hundred, uh, towards a 200, three, $400, $500 thing. So we'd have the list of like pre-orders. We'd have next up the people that like, if we got enough in day of, we would let them know, hey, it's first come, first serve, but you should probably be here launch day. And we would do like a list. Some stores wouldn't even do that. They would just say, fuck it. We do not care about our customers. But we were kind of the cool people that were more personable and enjoyed the people that shopped at our store. So we were OK with that. So um, like the uh, Xbox One and PS4 launches, I do remember they were not crazy, but it was a lot of like okay, come in, get your number. We had a line. We had like things lined off and blocked off and we'd call in the next crowd. They'd already had, and we would literally go out to the line and say, what games did you want to get with it that maybe they couldn't pre-order or for whatever reason mm. you couldn't do it. So we would literally mm. set the games aside and like have them ready to go with their consoles. Boom, bam, boom, pre-order. You got you ringed out and you're good to go. Need to pre-order anything else. So like, Maybe it's my store. We've ne I've never experienced like super duper. Oh, what do you mean my console's not here? Like, where's my console? I'm gonna kick your ass in the, anything like that. Like, it's we're. It, maybe it was GameStop. Maybe it was my store. We were a pretty well oiled machine to get people in and out, and because we wanted to go out and leave and like go and play our games as much as anybody else did. Yeah. So why are we waiting around being idiots? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Sorry, everybody. I'm okay with everything. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Scotty. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I, ha, do you think we've got time to hear a couple of other little quick stories from me, or are you you good? Sure, go ahead. Okay. I'm fine I, with I'm, them. I'll be very quick with these. So um, I got Game Gear. I don't think it's actually on launch day, but it might have been just after launch day. My grand got it from like my birthday, basically that year. Um, so I think it's the original launch model, as it were. Um, but yeah, I got I got my Game Gear. I love my Game Gear so much. It was brilliant. It lasted a good... It lasted a while. But I remember getting Mortal Kombat at one point. Playing the heck out of Mortal Kombat. I thought it was amazing on Game Gear especially. And I don't know if you know about it. There's a move basically if you hold back like, to the left basically or back. You can do some um, like cool kicks with uh, Liu Kang. Um, and I was doing... I think one of his special moves you can pull off by putting back as well. And then forward and doing a fireball or something. But basically, I, the game kind of got stuck of just him walking backwards. So I just kept doing this cool kick, and he just kept like doing a roundhouse kick to people. I was like, oh, I've, I've cracked the game somehow. I've somehow made this cool cheat or something that I can put off this move like as much as I like. And then it then I put in, I finished the game for a bit. I was like, oh, I'll stop that, and I'll play Sonic 2, because I had Sonic 2 on there. And suddenly Sonic kept running left, like wouldn't stop running left. I was like, oh, something's gone wrong with this. And it basically turned out when I was playing Mortal Kombat, I'd been playing it so much and pressed down on the left so much, it kind of cracks something nice. underneath the D-pad. So it's basically forcing it to go back constantly. And yeah, luckily, luckily it was still within warranty. So it must have been within the first year that my mum was able to take it back to the shop and get a, a replacement one. 
But I think the next one I also had problems with the D-pad, like the whole the D-pad came out. So I remember being really, this is really naff. I basically got a couple of 10p coins and was using that on top of it to press as a D-pad, basically. Um, yeah, just really janky. But yeah, those were a couple of problems with the Game Gear. And Chris, I don't know if you remember this. With the original Xbox, I had one which okay. was... And again, I didn't get it actually on launch day, but I think it was one of the, the early models, like one of the launch models effectively, because I got okay. it not that long after launch. Um, I've been playing on it for ages, you know, playing Halo and everything. Halo 2 came out. We'd been playing Halo 2 online a little bit, and this was back when Sega Nerds was quite big and stuff, and we had organized like an, a semi-official Sega Nerds-style <laughs> like online tournament or something, or we were going to play against another website or something. And it came to the night, I was like, oh, all excited, turned on my Xbox, it just would not work. Like, Halo 2 was stuck, I couldn't actually get the disk drive open, Halo 2 was stuck in there. Um, can you remember this, Chris? I actually was messaging you go, dude, my Xbox just died. I can't, like, I can't remember, oh my god, <laughs> oh, no, it, it was like you're, like, you're like, where are you? I'm like, dude, my Xbox is just not working. <laughs> like, you're like, we're, oh. we're about to start playing, I'm like, I can't. I, like, it was like, in the evening, the stores were shut and stuff. I, I think the next week I went out and then bought a Crystal Xbox. They had limited edition Crystal Xbox, so I got a replacement quite quickly. But it was just that, that awkward... That? It was, it's basically like a trans, semi-transparent, oh, whitish okay. Xbox. Chris, you, I, I did show you back in the day, Chris, but uh, you must have forgotten about it. I, I forgot, probably. I think that model might have... Oh, no, I might still have that model. I can't remember if that's the model I've still got, if that one died as well. But yeah, just, again, great game I wanted to play. Halo 2. I, well, I played it before, obviously, but yeah, there's something just it just stopped working the moment I needed it to work to play online with games people. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that was that was another spectacular failure for one of my launch products. So, yeah, oh man. Um, but yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of great stories there. And Scotty, you're you've been a lucky son of the gun there with these consoles, I guess. But I guess yeah. I looked up the Crystal Xbox thing. Uh, they're worth they're worth a pretty penny if you've still got yours lying oh, around. Okay, maybe I'll go and check it out. Yeah, see. Yeah, like over a hundred bucks loose still. Oh wow! Really. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I Take that with a grain of salt, but um, I think I've still got yeah. the box I wish, somewhere. Actually, I wish I had horror stories, but I guess I'm just so fortunate. Uh, consider yeah. yourself lucky. Yeah, consider yourself lucky. I mean, it's funny now, but at the time, it's so not. Like, especially well, when you want to play the game you wanted to play for years. God damn it! Right, and, and that's the thing. You very well may could have had one had you ended up getting one of the new PS5s or Series Xs or yeah, or S's. yeah. Here's the thing, you guys. Here's the thing. My kids aren't here. I did get a Series S, but it's for Christmas. <laughs> and so it's put away. So I hope for damn sure when we open it up, we're not going to have some of these problems. Because that was. You might want to test that out first. Yeah. It's not like I could go get it, get it fixed anywhere, or get a replacement right, right now. So I think everyone's just kind of SOL, just kind of waiting. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's yeah give give us an update on that, Chris, if you can, and also for any audio, any listeners, any viewers, let us know your launch day horror stories because we'd love to hear them. Um, as terrible as they are at the time, they're always kind of slightly funnier down the line. But yeah, so with that, I guess that wraps up our our feature and our show. Do we do we have any magazine announcements or any website announcements going? No, nope, not right now. Not right now. Any mega bar announcements, Chris? Um, okay, so here's the thing. We're <laughs> trying to make a 
firm and final decision on if we're going to stay at the house or not. What I mean in terms of like staying living here long term, right? Because we've been looking at some other houses. <sighs> we'd like to to possibly like get a big upgrade in our in our house, uh, where like the next one we have the house we buy is going to be much much bigger, much nicer. So we're trying to decide: would we stay here? And if we're going to stay here, hundred percent going to build the barn because we have to if we're going to stay here. Or we may sell this house and move to another house, or we may keep this house and like rent it out or something. We don't know, but. Okay. We're trying to figure it out right now, but that's that's where we're at with the mega barn. Cool. Okay, that sounds good. Excellent. Yeah, it's not just like building a treehouse in the backyard, folks. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was imagining that's it was going to be. <laughs> so, Scotty, any any announcements from your side at all? Nope. My lights are flickering now, so it's a good thing we're ending, I think. Fantastic. We'll leave it there then. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, catch you later. And be excellent to each other. Bye. See you. Honey, I gotta tell you about this sandwich. Yeah, so what it, what RTX does is like, what you should do is turn RTX off and tell Odin to stay quiet for a second. Turn RTX on, you talk, and then have Odin talk, and then it'll recognize Odin as the background noise it's not supposed to pick up, if that makes sense. Okay, so can I just like uncheck the remove background noise and that yeah. will turn it off, basically? That, sh- that should work, yeah. Should work. Okay, it's like it's doing a little spinny thing. Okay, Likes so the spin. okay, Odin, don't say anything for a second until I tell you. Okay, okay, turn it back on. Oh yeah. Okay, hello, 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 hello. This is me talking. Please recognize this voice. Hey, Odin, now you can talk in the background. Is he talking? Yeah, see, we can't hear him at all. We can't hear him at all. It worked. It's magic. That's it. (laughs) I cannot cannot believe, A, that that worked, B, that I understood that it should work. (laughs) You're making progress, Scotty. (laughs) Just one one small thing each year. Yeah. 150 years from now, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yep. I will build the computers then. (laughs)